From Humber College, in association with the Etobicoke Philharmonic Orchestra, my name is Mark Whale and this is the Music Listening Project. Today we are going to be listening to Brahms' Third Symphony. And with me to discuss the work is the Etobicoke Philharmonic Orchestra conductor, Matthew Jones. Welcome back, Matthew. Great to be here as always. Wonderful. So this particular recording we're going to be listening to is a recording conducted by Otto Kalempra with the Philharmonia Orchestra. Brahms' Third Symphony was written in 1883, I think, mm-hmm. yes. which makes him 50 when he composed it. He was born in, I guess, 1833. Let's listen to the first movement. So, Matthew, what are you hearing? Wow. Well, it's quite an introduction, isn't it? I, it's big and it's bold and it's uh, impassioned. And I think that, uh, well, it's always my advice to listeners to listen very carefully to those opening remarks of any symphony. Uh, they're laying down the the rules of the game as, we, as we're going to proceed. And so uh, the, the rules of this game are, are quite... Quite extraordinary, aren't they? Yeah, these two massive great chords at the beginning. So I take it the first chord is a is that the tonic or the, a, a kind of F major chord, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the the keys of these chords are important: F A flat and back to F again, and that that seems to mean something to Brahms, and it comes back over and over again. So I guess what I'm saying about paying attention to these these formative sounds that we hear in these symphonies, it's because that material is going to be meaningful to the story that's unfolding. And the, this, w- these are special notes to Brahms. There's no question about that. So that... Dun, dun. When the violins come in, that's the last chord of those big chords, and then it repeats again, actually. So it's actually slightly over. So I think the F-A-F is, what is it? Throw aber, no, frei aber fröhlich. Very good, very yeah. good, yes. Free and happy. Free but happy. <laughs> Free <Yeah>. but happy, <laughs> yeah. yes, very good. Let's just listen to that again. I'm, the thing I'm, I'm really struck by here is you have these two forces, in a sense. You have the, the brass, uh, who have these massive chords, and then they continue to play, is it every bar a chord, or, or is it on the half beat, while the strings then are playing this. And, and the brass are also ascending, the bass line ascends, while the, the kind of predominant sort of theme, da, yum, Somebody um, keeps going down, right? Yes, indeed, that is that's true. If you listen carefully to the bass line, the lower notes are ascending and the tune is descending. Yeah. Boom. 
And then, and then, sorry, I'm going to stop it again because then what happens? So to begin with, that first, I don't know whether it is four bars. You have bass notes are ascending on the half bar, correct, or is it full bar? Full bar. Full bar. Full bar. And yep. then they they in the next four bars they become half bar. Right. The juxtaposition is that tune in the violins is being presented at the half bar, but of course along on the full bar are those big heavy notes on the bottom. And then yes, it, it diminution of material, right. it starts to in, increase. So this the sound to me is just barreling it's just forward getting... and it's taking the listener's ear onwards and onwards. And it's... then what happens at the end of that is it actually he displaces it, right? So it, it's not on the beat anymore. We're, we're still not settled. Yes. Right. So listen to the to the kind of almost the pace of, you know, I would say what's it becomes so exciting when you can hang on to the bass line and hear the strings at the same time, right? There's a, the real uh, drama happening there. Now it moves at the half bar. Now it's the offbeat. Yep. Dun. Syncopation. Dun. One of the things I've noticed about this uh, movement is what seems to be a deliberate confusion or a blurring, uh, certainly playing it rhythmically it feels like it should be quite easy to play because it's basically you have this pulse of two and yet every now and again he starts displacing notes and so you when you're listening as a listener there's a moment of kind of confusion what, what's happening where's things going and things to come well your comments make me want to say you should try conducting it because right. this is this is the texture that Brahms brings to his music and that it's so eloquently done in this symphony but it, that displacement almost makes the conductor look like he's in the wrong place right almost constantly those moments where everything does align are are I think poignant and special but he's using rhythm Right. As a means of um, demonstrating for us where the important stuff is. You know, you've got that dee da da dum in the strings, da 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 da, and then something dee a dee da da dum. You right. have so much going on in that little bit. The wind. So you've got wind going. Or is that the strings? That's in the winds, absolutely. No, it's the, the upper winds, flute, oboe. Right. And it, it is all this amazing four-bar transformation from where we started to now this next theme. And it, it absolutely is incredibly intricate, but it's it's melting away some of the tension from right. earlier yeah. and introducing a new a new joie de vivre that we, we start to enjoy as soon as the ti ta ta ti ta Here we are, somewhere else.
that bit. Yep. There's the clarinet. There's your clarinet. Started by the oboes, right? Saying hello. Oboes. And this is so Brahms, this kind of almost moment of stopping, right? And now, new key. New time signature. Right. New key, new everything. Right. And this is almost, it's a dance, right? With the, and you've got the bass beat. Yep, the heartbeat is most definitely yeah. present, yep. And yet, at the same time, you've got this off-kilterness with the strings. Well, to the listener, I mean, I said the time signature changes and all these things change, but to the listener, we're not sure. It's so seamlessly done and so effortlessly done that to me, if I, as a listener, I'd be, I would be questioning, what, what, what time signature is this in now? Right. You know? What are we in? Nine? Nine, eight. Yeah. Nine, eight. So a big three. Right. And so that's, I guess, where we're getting this idea of a, more of a lilting Absolutely, dance, yeah. like, but th which is made clear through the heartbeat. But again, you've got strings are playing kind of syncopations. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yes, that's right. The violas are, and the and this lovely lyrical tune underneath that's uh, that's sort of paddling yeah. us along. <laughs> There's an entrance on every beat in there. Right. Violas, and then the flutes okay. answer in this. So heartbeat, violas, flutes. All right. Let's hear that again. So it's, tell us when it's happening. It's so intricate. Yeah, right at this. Uh, bass, viola, flute. Bass, viola, flute. Bass, viola, flute. All right. Bass, viola, flute. Uh -huh. Bass, viola, flute. Isn't that lovely? Because you hear, again, with Brahms, it's it, it's so difficult sometimes to exactly manage to articulate what it is you're hearing. You hear this gorgeous sound and this, and yet to actually work out what he's doing, even with instruments, you know, which you we can Even recognize. with the score, you said right. looking at it, what is the most important voice here, you know? what what What's the texture that he's going for? It's just that repeated violin <laughs> note all the way through. Yeah, the violins take over from the flute, so it's that same entrance. Did anybody notice we just changed time signature again? No. <laughs> it's it, so seamless. Yeah, and that... 
is that related? Is that I guess it's the same as da da dee da dee Is that an inversion of that, right? And then then we come to this moment of pause, right? This moment, I don't know, a reflection in the violins. And that's where it changes time signature. Again, it's the pacing that you're not really kind of aware of. Uh, so, you know, you have this dance in 9-8. Uh, so with the with the, the clarinet playing the tune and, and the bass giving us the... And then suddenly in the middle of all of that, uh, you have a more kind of pointed sort of... Um, and then, and then you have this moment of kind of uh, of lushness with a and with with the violins at the end. Just this Now this becomes it just takes that over a little bit more energy a little bit more aliveness and then this moment of lush stretching out and a question mark or a pause and a time change yeah <laughs> and then back This section that we're listening to now, though, is a classic example of where's the beat? And Brahms is messing with all of us. This is one of those moments where the conductor looks like he's in the wrong spot. It would be so easy to conduct it where the emphasis is in that tune. But Brahms moves it over, dislodges it. And I can only think that it's it's that off kilter that's part of that energy, right? That's that's making us want to keep listening because there's something unsettled about it. Yeah. It's not there yeah. yet. It's yes. amazing. No, it is amazing. And that's what I was trying to put my finger on before. It's, I mean, the tunes are gorgeous, but why are they gorgeous? Because mm. uh, they're not that complex or, you know, the, the, the musical material is essentially, you know, I mean, it's obviously based more than around the F-A-F, on the whole, it's quite minimal, the, the material that he's using. And again, he's using arpeggios, and quite often we just have these kind of fairly straightforward arpeggios. But somehow it's sublime. I mean, it's gorgeous. And so how is that happening? And I think you're right. It's, it's I mean, yeah, I'm not saying anything particularly intelligent. But <laughs> but it is the, the, the combination of just the way it's put together and the way that it is defying our expectations in some senses. You know, it's never merely predictable. It is not. And I think that the this unexplained pleasure that we take in it and that captivates us so much is, of course, why we keep listening. Yeah. And what gives these great pieces their, their longevity, yeah. right? Just so much going on here. All these layers and descending layers. Yeah. 
arpeggios, right? And now it's picking up. Listen to the wind. Now the wind. Yeah. There's there's a perfect example by what I mean. It, you know, it sounds trite to say it's a series of scales and arpeggios, but you have the whole way through that section. It's just da 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 da, and then da 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 da. So you've got arpeggios and scales, but again, it's how it's put together. And you, I've as a violinist. I'm trying to listen to the rest of the orchestra, but it's actually quite difficult at that point because it's quite a difficult part. What do you listen to? Right, uh, again, but I'd right. never heard the fact that the wind are kind of constantly in uh, tension or in conversation with us that they then have that scale passage after we have it. It's all about how these images are juxtaposed against each other that's giving that texture and making it challenging too because, of course, on their own, sure, uh, it sort of makes sense. But when juxtaposed against something that's sort of in contrary to it, it suddenly becomes really quite captivating. Exactly. It's, that, it's getting back to that idea of having or trying to listen to everything, <laughs> more than one thing at the same t- yeah, time, right? Yeah, Two things at yeah. the same time. The oboe's going up, violin's going up. And then out of this, we then have a repeat. There we go. (laughs) Back to the beginning. Without really resolving anything yet. Right. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, we are, you know, Brahms is quite often uh, contrasted with Wagner in terms of his classical uh, roots. And more kind of like Beethoven. So he, you know, this is a, a sonata form, first movement, and we've just had what we call the exposition, and now we're repeating the exposition. So he's doing everything by the book. So let's move on to the development section. Yeah. So this is the place where the two themes that we've had, the, the, the initial theme and then the one that Matthew talked about being in 9-8 and some of the other materials then developed. But what's quite interesting about the development is that it's relatively short. It's just a couple of minutes long in comparison to the repeated exposition, which we've just been listening to, which is seven minutes long. A couple of things happen. Brahms gives what was the clarinet tune, uh, the 9-8 tune we just referenced that Matthew was talking about, uh, that goes that one, gives it to the cellos. But he turns it into a kind of Viennese waltz, at least that's how I I hear it, with the syncopation in the violins. And finally, the music, after about a minute more, resolves all this rhythmic tension into a moment of stillness and a beautiful horn solo. 
So what? Any comments on that? Well, that's a magic moment. And I think one of the, you know, as you've been speaking and, uh, and you're, you're making me so aware of how our ears are always in this, this first movement in particular, trying to bring these threads together and to unite them. And we can somehow almost map how we could bring those things together. And there we've just heard where that intricacy unites and and then we have something that's an arrival. Rhythmic dissension, working themselves out right. and arriving at a place. Okay. And it's this use of rhythm that uh, as one of the means of uh, you know teasing us. And finally, we've got some satisfaction. Let's just listen to this again. It's just an incredibly regal, I don't know what regal is the right word. It's a, it's a profound moment of stillness and reflection. Yes, yes. Most definitely. It's interesting, isn't it? Again, how how do you decide as a composer you're going to you know, use an instrument like the horn and then have, what, the clarinet and the oboe? oboe. It's yeah. the oboe that then repeats it. I mean, obviously, in a sense, the horn is a, is a far fuller, far louder, far more powerful instrument. And it's, it's the same tune, same phrase, essentially, which is then repeated with a different kind of texture, which holds... Our interest. Yeah, from an instrument that's been um, interpolating things for us all along. And it's for me, it's almost, yes, you get the horn, which is that arrival sound that, as you say, mm-hmm. that regal sound, proud sound. And then it's like the oboe comes into agree. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. this indeed all the beats are in the right place now though yeah. <laughs> and then And I have one last thing to ask you. So it's interesting. So, you know, you've got these two bars at the beginning of the piece. But here he gives you four bars, right? He gives you. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Why does he do that? Uh, I just think it's party time. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can say. Now, these are the two chords, right? Now we should move. But we don't. We don't. Two more. 
and it's amazing. Yes. It's like exuberant. Yes. You know, let's enjoy it. Okay, and then we get a recapitulation, and we have a lot of exciting stuff happening, and uh, now we're going right to the end. Unlike any of the Beethoven symphonies where we get that fan- those fantastic endings, you know, big, loud yeah. endings, the, the, every one of the movements in this symphony collapses down to piano. You know what I love about that? Uh, it's the way that the orchestra comes down, falls down through that arpeggio. And now the bass goes bum bum. And they, but the flute and the woodwinds maintain that upper note. You know, so it's it's yeah, we've got the whole spectrum now, right? We've 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 sunk to the depths, and yet we're maintaining the depth, which is actually a a height. That flute just stays up there. Amazing. Well, Matthew, thank you very much indeed. Oh, it's a great pleasure to talk re- about my favorite subject. <laughs> <laughs> really hope you get home all right tonight. It's a snowy, snowy night out there. It is a, a night that tests our resolve to um, perfect Brahms Symphony 3, but uh, I know that we will. Excellent. Thank you very much.